Today's Spotlight is brought to you in part by presenting sponsor, Busey Bank. Busey, your dream, our promise. Welcome to Spotlight. I'm your host, Jane Wynette. And today I'm joined by three local nonprofits, Sounds Good Choir, West Suburban Irish, and the Naperville Education Foundation. You're watching Spotlight, and joining me now from the Sounds Good Choir is Jonathan Miller. Welcome to the show, Jonathan. Thank you. It's great to be here. Yeah, really nice to have you, and I'm excited to hear about the Sounds Good Choir. So tell me a little bit about it. Well, Sounds Good Choir, our mission is to be a fun, welcoming community where older adults enhance their well-being through the joy of music and particular singing. We have eight choirs around the Chicago area. These are non-auditioned choirs for older adults age 55 and up, although we like to joke that we don't card. It's a lot of, <laughs> a lot of fun. That's awesome. I yeah. love that. That's a very unique <laughs> piece in, I, you know, very unique piece in the uh, community. So Thank that's you. interesting. Yeah, thanks. Um, now, that's an obvious thing that I would assume sets you apart, but what else sets you apart? Well, uh, one is that we have no audition in addition to not carding. But the flip side of that is all of our choirs are conducted by veteran professional choral conductors. So it's a combination of anyone can join, whether you've been singing in choirs for 60 years or have never sung in a choir before, you'll get a very high quality musical experience because of the skills and experience of our choral conductors as well as their grounding in the older adult voice. And we'll talk about that a little later, but that, that's really what makes us unique. One other thing I might mention is we're, I think we're the only choral music organization in the country that provides choirs for a general older adult audience and also specific programming for people with memory loss and their care partners. Ah, now that's interesting because yeah. unfortunately we're we're seeing a big uptick in that, right? So we are. that's lovely that you're doing that. Thank you. And is that integrated with your regular choirs? How, how does that work, Jonathan? It's a great question. So we have one separate separate choir called the Good Memories Choir, which is a standalone choir specifically for people with memory loss and their care partners and singing volunteers. But we also have what we call dementia-friendly programming, where it's not specifically for people with memory loss. It's kind of a big tent, y'all come community choir. But if someone needs a particular accommodation, if they need a volunteer to slide in to make sure that they're having a good experience, we provide that as well. Oh, that's incredible. Well, they say often, right, like music takes you back. I mean, music is such a provoker of one's memory. I would imagine that that really partners well. Yes, and with Alzheimer's, which dissolves the brain from the outside in, some of those early musical memories they're finding are stored way in, and, and music is one of the last things that, that is preserved. So even for some people who are very far down the spectrum and really don't speak very well, music is still very much alive, and people still have emotions and can feel. Oh, that's lovely. I love yeah. that. Yeah. Um, now, obviously, I mean, the pandemic's been rough for everybody. It's been very, very difficult for performing arts, you know, because yes. you're, you, you need to be seen and that's be right. out there. How have you managed to keep your constituents engaged during this time? Uh, really three things. First was very early on, we realized that we, we had the ability and the resources to pivot to do all of our choirs online. We were one of the first choral organizations in the area to move rehearsals to Facebook Live and then Zoom. 
and thanks to Paul Langford from our musical staff, who's one of the leading choral arrangers and creators of demo tracks for choirs in the whole country. He said, if you've got a great demo track, a great practice track, people can do almost anything. So we learned how to teach people in their 50s through their 90s to record themselves at home using really good practice tracks. And Paul and Kelsey from our staff pulled it all together to make a virtual choir, which is now not that unusual, but at right. the time it was, it was pretty unusual. So we did that and we kept people singing um, my, my wife, Sandy, is uh, our program director for the Good Memories Choir, our co-founder, and also a deacon in the Episcopal Church. And because of her deacon's heart, she said, you know, we have to take, take care of people for whom singing online from sheet music in three or four parts is just too much. So we've kept a, <laughs> we've kept a free sing-along going through the entire pandemic. And that program actually is going to go through all of 2022 on Fridays. All you have to do is go to our website and sign up. It's free. You get a ping every Thursday, an email with the Zoom code, and you can sing for an hour. It's One week, it's Rogers Hammerstein. One week, it's Patsy Klein. One week, it's goofy songs from the 50s. It's, it's a lot of fun. So we've kept that going. And the third thing are just informal coffee chats, just to keep people talking, mm. to keep the social bonds together. And we've really gotten to know each other over yeah. the last two years. I would imagine maybe possibly more than even in the regular rehearsals, right? Very much so. Yeah. Very yeah. much so, yeah. Because people want that connection. Yeah, it's when they're wonderful. not on mute, because that's, that's always the thing, right? On the you're, you're on mute. I've got the mute button. Yes, yeah, exactly. Yeah. It, it, those coffee chats have really been lifesavers. For some people, early in the pandemic, they yeah. said, this is the only thing I have on my calendar. Yeah. And they said it's really been a lifesaver. Oh, that's great. Well, hopefully we're going to be back in person this spring. Yes. So talk a little bit about what you've got coming up this spring in yeah. person. So we've got a 15-week session in our eight different locations around the Chicago area. And that goes through, we have concerts in late April, early May. People can go to our website and see if it's a good fit for them. And we'd love to have new singers as well as continuing singers. We have many singers from Naperville in our organization. That's awesome. Yeah. Now, you, you obviously old acquire to begin with, but no carding, which I love. <laughs> <laughs> um, but you're focused on that older voice. Yeah. And, and also what I'm sort of sensing is, is how to sing properly. Exactly. Uh, because there is technique there. So, so because you've got these choral directors who obviously come from very rich, you know, technical backgrounds. Talk a little bit about how that works. Yeah. Well, the older adult voice, uh, you have to just pay a little more attention to how your voice works when you're older than you do when you don't. Like and most we've been, things. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. We've been really fortunate in that in our in our musical circles of colleagues and along with my own voice teacher, I'm, I, I study voice with Karen Brunson from Northwestern University, who, as it turns out, is one of the international experts in the mechanics of the aging voice. So everything I learned from her, we talk about it with the music staff. They, Many of them are studying voice privately and keep their chops up. And so there are certain muscles, for example, your obliques. If you, if you pay attention to those consciously, you can, you can sing into your 90s and sing mm -hmm. well. But there are just certain things you have to pay attention to and certain vocalises that we encourage people to do to keep the voice as healthy and as engaged as you can. It's, it's been quite a journey to, to learn about that and to, and to see how our singers respond, and they really do. Yeah, I don't think I've ever thought about that. I mean, you think about all the, you know, my eyesight's going, you know, my flexibility's going. Right. Don't really think about your voice aging. So that's actually quite fascinating. It does, and there are technical things that we need to do to accommodate for changes that happen in the larynx, changes that happen in respiration. Certain muscles deteriorate more quickly, and so we have to take care of them. But the voice, 
the voice is really resilient if you take good care of it. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. Now, you know, you've formed these different choirs around the community. You know, talk a little bit as you go to 2022 about how you just how you're trying to nourish that uh, out into the community. Yeah, well, part of it is always picking really good repertoire. You want to choose repertoire that people will respond to that fits well in their voices. Um, sometimes the music is familiar. Sometimes it's brand new. You know, we we try to pick a Every program is a, is a mix of familiar and, and sometimes new things. And, and what I say to the singers is that your number one job as a singer is to communicate emotion. And so it's sort of a full, full body mind sport, if you will, because when you're singing in a choral concert, you've got to bring your entire self to the enterprise. You need your eyes to watch the conductor. You need your breath. You need your mind. You need your heart. You need to be fully engaged. And, and it's, it's exhilarating to do that. So, mm -hmm. so our program is, is always really has that in mind because we tell the singers, think about connecting at the level of your heart with everyone who has come to hear you sing. And it changes the way you perform. And so as we're coming back out into the, the real world of being with people, you know, in person, in 3D, as I like to say, um, that, that, that's really a, 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 a consistent part of our programming, and, um, and that has, that's not going to change. Um, I think when people come back in person, they'll be thrilled to see each other and, and want to communicate Absolutely. at that level. I, th I think there's more of an appreciation of that and a more of an appreciation we don't take the togetherness for granted, right? So, Absolutely. Um, you know, and certainly, as you've described it, you're very much in the moment, which I also think is something we've sort of all learned a little bit, that we need to sort of be present and be in the moment. Absolutely. Yeah. Jonathan, it was so good to talk with you and hear a little bit about the choir. So thank you for stopping by. Thank you so much for having me on. You're welcome. And if you are interested in learning more about Sounds Good Choir, please go and visit their website. We're going to take a quick break, but stay tuned. We're coming right back. For more than 150 years, you've believed in Busey. Today, more than ever, we believe in you. To our healthcare workers, first responders, and local businesses, you're central to the communities we're proud to call home. Busey's grateful to partner with you and your families through life's ups and downs, today and for generations to come. Because as neighbors helping neighbors, we're in this together. Busey, grateful to serve the communities we call home. If you're just tuning in, you're watching Spotlight. I'm your host, Jane Wernett, and joining me now from the West Suburban Irish are Paul Santucci and Terry O'Dowd. Nice to have you with us. Nice to be here. Nice to be here. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I'm excited because we're getting ready to talk about the parade, the St. Patty's Day parade. And Paul, I'm going to start with you. How long has it been going here in Naperville? So the St. Patrick's Day parade started with our founder, which was um, Kevin, Kevin uh, Dolan. Small group in a subdivision, had a parade in 1993, and we've had almost every year consecutive parades since then. So this year will be our 26th parade. Wow, that's a long time. And, and, and really, I love that it came from such humble beginnings. So and we yes. know Kevin. Kevin, Kevin. Kevin was a good man who launched a lot of good things So in his time, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Now, obviously, the last two years, unfortunately, with the pandemic, you haven't been able to have the parade. So how are we feeling about this year and coming back? 
Well, we're excited. I've already uh, started getting registrations in. Participants are excited. Uh, the, the city is definitely behind it. And the organization of West Suburban Irish is very excited. It's our staple event and we're, we missed it the last two years. So we're very excited to have it happen again. Absolutely. Well, and I think as volunteer organizations are, right, it just, it brings the energy, you know, to have something to work on, right? Right. Yeah. Terry, now, you know, talk a little bit about A, give us the date on when it's actually happening. And then also kind of what you're thinking about as far as floats, participants, who's coming? Sure. So it is Saturday, March 12th, and it starts at 10 o'clock and goes to about noon. Uh, the parade is roughly a mile, mile and a half or so long. And the floats are around 100 to 110. But what I really want that day to be is it's such a fun day. It's a fun day for the families. If you walk the parade, you see nothing about smiles. Everybody's having a great time. But I think it's our time to come together um, as a community, as an organization. Everybody needs to come out. It's been kind of a long, cold winter, and we've been locked down with COVID. It's time just to go out, come together, and have a good time. Yeah, absolutely. And we don't have to be Irish to be in the parade, No, right? you don't. Everyone's <laughs> welcome. <laughs> Love that. Love that. And who's your Grand Marshal? Grand Marshal is Dr. Goodwin. Yeah. So... That, fantastic. He's such a great guy. Yeah, that's wonderful. Now, one of the things that you uh, you launched, because, you know, you guys have launched quite a few things with the West Suburban Irish, but one of the things you launched last year was Irish Fest. Right. So talk a little bit about how that went, some of the highlights, what made it special. So it, it, it was a good time. It was a lot of fun. Um, you know, I kind of sat back those two days after a lot of work and just really enjoyed watching everyone having a good time. It was family friendly. Um, just a couple of highlights to go through. One was watching the kids. We had a, 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 an area was just for kids. And, and the parents remarked like, well, oh, the kids are just having a good time. They're just being kids. And then the hurlers, we have a hurling tournament, but what the hurlers had done is they brought a batting cage with. So it was lined up with the kids and adults and they were having a genuine time trying to figure out this hurling game and how to manage the ball. And, and it was just outstanding. And of course we had Irish dancers. And one of the things we did with the Irish dancers groups is they were up on the main stage and then they came back to another platform stage and they taught the jig to hundreds of kids that were there at that time. So you just saw a very, very family friendly event occurring. Yeah. And it, you know we got good comments. It was on the south side of Naperville and which a lot of people really enjoyed to have a festival down south for a change. Yeah. But there's also good food and plenty of beer. Yeah. Of course. <laughs> Which I want to leave that out. Any fest, right? <laughs> <laughs> and it wouldn't be an Irish fest if there wasn't good food and good beer. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. No, and I think the thing that was so uh, amazing is it was a celebration, I think, obviously, right, of Irish culture with the hurling mm -hmm. and with the dancing and stuff. But to your point, uh, Terry, really about bringing families together, right. right? That's exactly what we wanted to do. We're not looking to create a Woodstock, right? <laughs> what we really want is just family friendly folks to enjoy a bit of the Irish culture and, uh, you know, just come out and have, have a good time. So are we going to see it again in 2022? Yes, we so okay. we're planning on uh, August 5th and 6th, okay. Friday and Saturday. Still got to work through the city and the permits and the park district, but they're great to work with. So um, we are looking forward to everyone being out there. Okay. Anything particularly new that you're thinking? We're going to have some new bands. Okay. Um, kicking around a carnival this year as well. Okay. And um, hoping to have the hurling guys come back and do a tournament as well. 
Yeah, well, they love that. Yeah. They love yeah. that. And they've certainly been growing that sport here in town, which yeah. is awesome, right? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. yeah. And we're hoping to have an Irish village. Um, what we want to do is uh, have like a 20 by 80 tent on the parking lot so that the vendors have easy access uh, to drop off their wares. And then people can just walk over there and then go through all the wares for the Irish vendors. So there's a lot of things that oh, we're, we're going to nice. do a little bit different next year. Do a little year. bit of shopping. So, now you you're really it. hitting the whole family, right? Because <laughs> you you know, there's some of us, some of us like the shopping. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> then the beverage and the beer. Um, talk a little bit, if you would, Paul, because the West Suburban Irish, you know, is a pretty big group. It's robust. Um, but talk a little bit about how you become a member. What else you do? Because obviously you have these showcase events uh, and activities. Sure. But on a day-to-day -day basis, what's <clears> the WSI? So... It's easy to be a member, just register. It's a small fee. We have a lifetime fee. You pay it and you're, you're done. You're in. <laughs> and you're in. So um, it's super accessible. I, as a Santucci, obviously my dad was Italian, but my mom was Scotch-Irish. So I do have the Irish heritage. And, but you don't have to be Irish. We have many, um, you know. Wannabes. <laughs> yeah, non-Irish, <laughs> Irish lovers that aren't necessarily of heritage, but. Uh, we do a lot of activities. We do an Irish sessions at, at Quigley's uh, once a month where Irish musicians just come in and play kind of freestyle for the audience at no cost. Um, we also have a quiz night uh, the first uh, Tuesday of every month. And that's just, it's not necessarily Irish uh, trivia. topics, okay. trivia, but it's run by us. Okay. So, um, and that's free. And that's also at Quigley's. So we... We also have an Emerald Dinner. We have an Irish Mass honoring St. Patrick the week of St. Patrick's Day or somewhere around there. So we do other activities and we're always growing, Yeah. which Irish Fest was one of our growths that we wanted to do like 10 years ago, but didn't quite have it. And then yeah, Terry it finally the, took the reins and Yeah, built our, it. our membership went up because of Irish Fest, and, I'm sure. uh, which was fantastic to see. Good participation, folks showing up to help out and volunteer. So yeah. it's just excellent draw. No, that's nice. So and though really most of our number, members are from Naperville, you don't have to be from Naperville either. That's why we chose the name West Suburban Irish. Yeah. So sure. it's open to the, an alternative to the Southside Irish of Chicago, et cetera. So. <laughs> come West people, come exactly. West. You got it, right? Yeah. <laughs> Love that. Love that. Well, listen, thank you so much for coming by. We're super excited for the parade. It's one that we're always excited to bring to the community uh, on Channel mm -hmm. 17. And wish you all the best again for the Irish Fest, August 5th and 6th. You got it. All right. That's awesome. Thanks for coming Great. by, guys. Thank Thanks you. Thanks as much. Uh, if you would like to learn more about the West Suburban Irish, please go and visit their website. We're going to take a quick break, but stay tuned. We're coming right back with more Spotlight. For more than 150 years, you've believed in Busey. Today, more than ever, we believe in you. To our healthcare workers, first responders, and local businesses, you're central to the communities we're proud to call home. Busey's grateful to partner with you and your families through life's ups and downs, today and for generations to come. Because as neighbors helping neighbors, we're in this together. Busey, grateful to serve the communities we call home. What's the matter, boy? What are you trying to tell me? Is something wrong? We live in a safe community, but not a crime-free community. If you see something, say something. 
Naperville Animal Crime Stoppers. Yes, I'd like to report a case of animal cruelty and neglect. Speak up for those who cannot speak for themselves. Welcome back to Spotlight. And joining me now from the Naperville Education Foundation are Kim Henderson and Naveen Michael. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having us. Excited to be here, Jane. Thank you. Yeah, I'm always excited to talk to my friends from the NEF. So we're going to start right off, Kim. What is the NEF and who does it serve? Well, NEF encourages creativity and innovation and excellence in the children of District 203. We are the philanthropic arm of the district. We're not board members. We're not members and um, employees of the district. We're the philanthropic arm. And what we like to do is create funding to create opportunities for the students that is outside the money that the district's able to provide and outside the curriculum. So we are very excited that we have the opportunity to provide a lot of excellent work for other children in the district. Yeah, and you've been busy at it because uh, yes. I know we're going to talk about this in a minute, but Absolutely. 30 years. 30 is, years. Yeah, it's great. Great to be celebrating that anniversary, right? Since 1992. Yeah. That's a long time. It is a long, That's time. A long time. And it's evolved a lot. And Absolutely. the needs of the district have evolved a lot. Yes, right? and the needs are constant. It's constant. It, even though we can meet each one, each opportunity, but there's so much more that we can do. Yeah. Okay, well, let's talk about that. So tell me a little bit about some of the programs that you offer. So a couple of programs we offer, particularly in the schools, are before and after school program in each building. Um, we also provide a school appreciation grant where we give money to the schools in the beginning of the year and the principal has the opportunity to use that money at their discretion. We also partner with the district with our business incubator program in the high school level. I have a couple of friends children who have been part of that program and it, they love it. They absolutely love it. I hope my kids do it. Um, we also help the families that are in need. We're not just creating this beautiful flowery world, world that we're in. There are kids in, that are in need. There's families that were affected by the pandemic, particularly um, in the very beginning. So what we did is we made a quick pivot. Originally, we had our Kid Booster Anonymous program. So we just helped families that had a need at that time. But then with the pandemic, new needs arose. So we created the Kid Booster Crisis Fund. And I'm excited to say that I think we provided aid to almost, uh, uh, almost $100,000. Yeah, which is incredible. huge, but there's still so much more to yeah. be done. Well, and I think that's often the case, right? We we sometimes don't think that mm -hmm. we have needs in a school district like Naperville 2 or 3, yeah. but those needs are huge, Absolutely, right? absolutely. There's always a child out there that can help, that needs help. And, and we're happy and thrilled that we have so many people that are willing to provide that support. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, and you give a grant, and I'm going to hop to Naveen because I know she's got a little quick oh, story <laughs> about a wonderful grant that was given out. So tell us, tell yeah, us, Naveen. Yeah, so I was the grants chair for several years for NEF, and one of my absolute favorite stories happened actually at Ann Reed. There was a young teacher who noticed that there are a lot of children who um, didn't have the pro proper shoes. And these are preschool age children. And so she started a shoe closet and she started that shoe closet from her own funds. So the principal found out and used the school appreciation grant mm -hmm. and helped her fund the, um, the shoe closet. So kids could go in, shop for shoes. And it went beyond that. It even went into orthotics. There were kids that needed orthotics. And through that fund, they were able to go to the doctor, go to their physical therapist, et cetera, and get the right shoes and set these kids off on a positive trajectory for the day. So it's absolutely incredible. And 
when you see a story like that, you can't help but cry. Yeah, absolutely. Well, it's a step forward, right? You can't step oh. forward if your shoes are really not fitting right. <laughs> right? No, yes. I mean, uh, particularly it's, at a young age where your feet are growing so quickly. Right. So that's very important. And that's something you do a lot of, right, uh, Kim, is the grants. Absolutely. We have our annual grants, which open in November and closed in January. And um, we also have our express grants. We saw the need happening more so than once a year. So what we did was we created the express grants. And that's that's once a month. We can grant up to $1,000 for um, uh, opportunity for a student, a staff member, or a teacher to write something up that's going to create an open doors for the students. We'd love it. It, it has gone over so well. And Naveen can probably attest to that as well, being the grants chair before. She's seen this 10 times over, right? Yeah. And watching grants in action, it's literally NEF in action. Yes. And there's nothing more empowering and no better reason to get involved in the NEF. I mean, among the million others, of course. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I think, you know, and that's kind of the name of the game and a real credit to uh, Wendy and her team over at NEF and that it's the pivot, 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 right? Constant you know, pivots. everything doesn't quite fit into a nice square mm -hmm. box. And so having that opportunity to be able to hand out money as and when it's needed has really been a good thing. And I'm really proud of the way NEF has pivoted through this pandemic. Yeah. Yeah. It's impressive. Wendy, as our executive director, and Amy, um, who also works in the office, have been amazing at trying to figure out how we can address the needs of the students during in this pandemic, we didn't drop the ball at all. We just kept going and I think we got stronger. Yeah, that's great. Now, so at 30, for the 30th anniversary, 30. what have you got planned for this year? Oh, I'm so excited. 30 years, <laughs> 1992, 30, that's a big deal. We are trying, we're, we're back because after two <laughs> years, we couldn't do anything. It, the pandemic happened, we shut down right before our, our Build a Passion Breakfast in 2020. So we're back in person, live, COVID friendly, of course. It's going to be on March 23rd from 7 a.m. to 9 a.m. at the Embassy Suites in Naperville. And we're going to connect our past, our present, and our future in a very exciting program. And once again, we're hosted by ABC7 anchor, Alan Krzyzewski. Yeah, uh, well, and it's a great, great breakfast. If you can't get yourself excited after you walk out of that breakfast, I don't know. You, well, you're probably not excited at any point in your life. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Um, Naveen, you, you have been with the NEF for a very long time. I know you're sort of getting ready to move on to your next journey here, but talk a little bit, if you would, about why uh, being a trustee has been so important to you personally, but as importantly, what the trustees do for the NEF and helping yeah. students. So I've been a trustee for five years, and I first started out as a committee member, and then I became, um, you know, got involved more formally. And the trust, the role of the trustees to support NEF mm -hmm. in so many different ways, either as a committee member, Team NEF. Um, Kitty Ryan and I like to joke and say we support Team NEF. We're a part of Team NEF, but we leave the course, grab our coffee, and get back on it. And there's so many great ways. So we have a lot of fun, but. The reason we do it is to support the kids in our district through all the different programs that Kim spoke about, the grants, the, you know, the different programs, and um, Kid Booster Anonymous. Um, there's a direct impact and a direct correlation to the funds that we raise and the families that we help. And what I like to say is um, you can't have a bad day mm -hmm. when you're helping a child. Yeah. And there's so many great ways to get involved. Okay. So give me a few. Okay. So... Uh, just uh, call our office and find out about getting involved on a committee, mm -hmm. getting involved um, to volunteer at an event, or 
look into becoming a trustee, help us raise funds, help us raise awareness. And a great way to do that is to go to our website and learn more about everything that we do because um, we're just, um, uh, we're very philanthropic minded mm -hmm. and those efforts truly do impact the teachers, the students. And I think it would um, really inspire people and hopefully we would get new energy in and as I start to roll out and others start to roll out. So it'd be great to see new involvement with NEF. That's wonderful. Well, Kim, as you're kind of heading up and we're, you know, you're going into this 30th anniversary year, which is always a big one, kind of an overarching last thought. You know, one of the things I've noticed is the impact that we, we have on these students, it's huge. And a lot of people don't realize that what they do makes a huge impact on maybe one or two children. We've done a lot, but there's so much more to be done. And as they say, it takes a village. Our community is our village. And we are so very thankful to all of them, from the Build a Passion sponsors to the community donors. We're just so thankful. So let's just keep doing it. 30 years. Let's keep going. <laughs> Love that. Love that. Well, I want to wish you both a very happy anniversary. Naveen, thank you for your service. I know it's been long and I know you'll continue to be around the organization and wish you, Kim, all the best thank for this you. year. Thank you, Jane. If you would like to learn more about the Naperville Education Foundation or the NEF, uh, and also to learn a little bit more about the 30th anniversary event, please go and visit their website. We're gonna take a quick break, but stay tuned. We're coming right back with more Spotlight. I'd like to thank all of my guests for joining us on Spotlight, and our friends at Busey Bank for their generous sponsorship of today's show. To learn more about the organizations featured on this episode, please visit our website at nctv17.com. And to stay informed about what's happening in our community, sign up to receive our daily news update and like and follow us on Facebook. For Spotlight, I'm Jay Mornette. Thank you for watching. Today's Spotlight is brought to you in part by presenting sponsor, Busey Bank. Busey, your dream, our promise.